0: And welcome to another episode of To Be Perfectly Honest. As always, I'm Corey. And I'm Anel. And this week we're talking about Game of Thrones season one, episode six, a golden crown. Annelle, this episode is so jam-packed. I loved every bit of this episode. This the next couple ones, we are just on this roller coaster ride that we're getting right to the top, and I can't wait to go off. Don't you agree?
1: Yeah. We're finally getting some payoffs from some of the seeds that they planted in the first few episodes. I'm fully on board at this time.
0: Oh, yeah. For sure. Because this one has a lot, let's just jump into kind of what happened and then we can discuss.
1: Sounds good. As Ned recuperates from the brawl with Jamie, Cersei and Robert are at his side as he awakes.
0: Robert gives his wife Cersei a badge of honor on her face and proves yet again that he's a big old drunk dickhole. Robert reinstates Ned as the Hand of the King. Ned has it out for the mountain and Tywin and orders them both to come to King's Landing. Sansa has a freak out as she declares her love for Joffrey. Ned cracks the case and solves the mystery behind the lineage of Cersei's babies. Shout out to Sansa for uh, pointing out that the future royal babies would have blonde hair.
1: Bran's having another dream about the three-eyed raven and Tyrion makes Bran a saddle. However, the moment that Bran takes it out for a spin, he runs into a group of Wildlings, shocking. Another bad thing happens to the Starks. It's there we meet a wildling woman named Asha for the first time, and in theme with everything else that happens in the realm, she's taken as a prisoner.
0: Theon and Rob have an awkward encounter. Way to be a dick, Rob. Theon just saved your life, and Theon pushes Rob to prepare for war.
1: And we now know that Theon has a second skill, other than the one he demonstrated with Roz, who, speaking of which, is now on her way to King's Landing.
0: In the Eerie, Tyrion demonstrates yet again that he's smarter than pretty much everybody. He explains how money works to Mord, he convinces Liza to give him a trial by combat, and convinces Bronn to risk his life to be his champion. Bronn wins, and Tyrion and Bronn take off back to King's Landing.
1: Back in Essos, Danny takes the term, eat your heart out, quite literally, as she devours an entire horse heart. Yum yum. Her Dothraki peeps declare her baby will fulfill the prophecy of the stallion that will mount the world.
0: Viserys gets drunk and draws a sword at Danny's baby shower, pretty much throwing a tantrum just like Sansa, and then he demands that he's giving the army that he was promised to him so he can conquer the realm and reclaim the throne.
1: Drogo ends up giving Viserys the crown that he's always wanted, just without the army and without his life.
0: (laughs) Okay, so like we said, there's a lot in this episode, Anel. So let's talk a little bit about, right from the beginning, kind of go through this because there is a lot that happens right off the bat. We open up and we have, um, you know, we have Ned waking up. We almost thought he died. And here he is waking up and he has Robert, his best friend, and Cersei, basically one of his greatest enemies, right at the foot of his bed. Like, not a great way to wake up, wouldn't you say?
1: Uh, definitely say that. I almost died when Robert got stabbed the last episode,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and we, I mean, this is like very tumultuous. We, you know, we had, and I think it was the last episode, maybe it was the episode before, where um, Robert and Cersei were very honest with we have no feelings for each other, we kind of hate each other, and the only reason we're together is for the sake of the realm. And then Robert just backhands her, and I'm pretty sure you had a closed fist, yeah, like. That burns right away.
1: Yeah, I would say so.
0: (laughs) Like, mm, not very kingly at all, Robert. I would definitely agree with you there. My Um, guess
1: is there's probably not a lot of battered women shelters in King's Landing.
0: mm, No. Maybe... Those uh, are called the whorehouses. (laughs) You go to the brothel.
1: (laughs) Talk to uh, Littlefinger.
0: Seriously. Um, You know, I think something that's really interesting here is we have, you know, Robert is ordering Tyrion back. Um, He wants all the fighting to stop. But basically his reason isn't, oh, well, I don't believe you. Or, oh, my wife, it's my wife. It's, I owe too much money to Lannisters. Like, oh my god, like, what a fucking puppet.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I think it's interesting here to notice that um, everything in Robert's life is kind of based on his experience in war. From um, the standpoint of, like, even when he hits Circe, she refers to it as a badge of honor, and then he's talking to um, Ned, and it's almost like he's strategizing in his real life. Like, I consider you more of a brother than my own brothers. It's like where he places the value are, uh, it's almost like a a strategist in war.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. there is only war and celebrating from the war. That's all he has in his life.
1: And whore, war and whore. War, whore, drunk.
0: Um, so yeah, very interesting. Then of course, like always, he goes off to do a boar hunt. So you know,
1: war horror, boar.
0: He do so you the, want more? He's the Doctor Seuss of <laughs> <laughs> the Seven Kingdoms. Um, and then we go over and we see uh, Daenerys has the dragon eggs. This was just such an awesome scene. I you know we we've seen this scene before where she gets in the hot bath. Um, there's been, I think, another one showing that, you know, she's resisted to heat, but this one is just so, like, you can tell, like, she is just taking LSD and looking at these dragon eggs, <laughs> passing the time, girl, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have the whole scene with Bran and the wildlings, and the, he has that dream before the three, Three-Eyed Raven, then he gets woken up, he's in the saddle, and we have who we discover is, her name is Asha, um, she's the only one that ends up surviving Um, but very, like, uh, you just walk around with the little Lord like that without any bodyguards. Like. I love her. I mean, I love Asha. I'm just saying, like, is that very smart? (laughs) Little Lord. They don't even have Hodor anywhere. Like At least <laughs> Hodor can like have a blind rage fit and like, yeah, smack some people. The,
1: I mean, the Starks aren't known for their smarts.
0: No. I think maybe they were in the godswoods, maybe. So they didn't think, oh, anyone would be here. But wildlings, you can't ever protect them. They just kind of sneak in your borders. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, and are you kind of surprised that no one's taking them more seriously? They're literally like, we got to get south because the White Walkers. And everyone's like, you're crazy.
1: Oh, yeah. That's... Uh... If this was a scary movie, that would be the part where you'd know, okay, everyone's about to die. Yeah,
0: literally, right. Um, well, Then we shoot over, we see, you know, Tyrion's in that sky cell. And, you know, the first time we see Tyrion, you know, plating in the sky cell, you're like, oh, God, I feel really bad for you. But by the time he's doing this, like, you can see how he is so manipulative. And it is just working out in his favor every bit of the way. Like, you start to feel less and less sorry for him. Like, he really has one of the best weapons, and that's a honed mind, you know?
1: Yeah, he's definitely one that you start to see the pattern that he's been thinking about things um, long before he needs to. Like, in my opinion, he kind of sized up Bronn from the time that he met him back... Totally.
0: Um, he knew exactly what he was doing. And if he didn't, he definitely knew that someone was going to be like, money, money, money. Like.
1: Speaking of which... What the hell is wrong with Mord? Can he not understand <laughs> basic principles?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think the main thing is is, you know, he's a a captor so he's so used to that and he's I think he's just like going off, but I think it really does sink in like when he's like I'm a Lannister. We are the richest people. Robert is in debt half of the kingdom to us <laughs> like, "Oh, yeah, like you could literally make me a king of a castle." I, I mean to be
1: in, in his defense, in Moore's defense, I maybe wouldn't believe someone who's dumb enough to like
0: Get sleep gone. so hard
1: that they fall to the very edge of the sky cell. I mean, just change, put your feet towards the edge.
0: Oh god, <laughs> like, I don't even want to think, think about, about it. it. It's giving me anxiety right now. Um, so then we have Daenerys and her horse heart scene and that's crazy. Like that horse heart is so fucking big and gross. Like,
1: How much money would you have to receive to eat a horse heart?
0: Not that much, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I'm broke. But um, is pretty freaking... Like, it's just a lot. Like, eating that much raw meat of anything is definitely going to make you almost puke. And then she saves it in the end by, like, swallowing her vomit. Because that would be, like, a huge, you know, disgrace or a bad omen for the baby. Um, she announces that her son's going to be named Rago. Um, and then this is where we really see Viserys, like, it snaps in his head like, Oh, I'm a piece of shit. And no one likes me. And... I'm calling these people savages and they have no respect for me. They like basically think of me as like a slave and they love my sister. Like what? Let me follow this to the end. Oh yeah. Not looking good for me. So he's like, let me take these dragon eggs and.
1: And let me be drunk.
0: And Jorah is like, "Uh -uh. uh-uh. Nuh-uh. But I love that Viserys gets back at him and is like, oh, like you can, you can eat my sister all you want. Like basically like you have a hard on for my sister. I know it and I don't even give a shit. Cause I'm over it. Let me get the hell out.
1: What do you What do you think he like? Is it clear what he plans to do with the dragon eggs? He wants to get ships, right?
0: Yeah, he's just going to sell them, pure and simple.
1: So he thinks that those dragon well, he must know them. the The dragon eggs are valuable enough to get something.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Then
1: why wasn't he selling those from the get?
0: Because he thought this was a better position, and he didn't really. I mean, they they weren't his to get. He knew that their wedding gift, like
1: <laughs> neither was his sister.
0: The sister technically was his to give.
1: I guess he's just a little slower on the pulling the punch there.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think he just finally had a wake up call of like, oh, I'm I am not the chosen one and in this situation where I thought it was gonna be a pretty even exchange, it's not. Um but you th- you would think Illyrio would have made that a little clear, and I think that's maybe why Illyrio tried to get him to stay, or maybe um, I think it was Jorah that tried to get him to stay back in Pentos. Like, you should not have been on the road with Karl Drogo. It is just going to end badly for you. Like, wait until that happens, and then your sister will come back and help you. Like,
1: well, he ended up with what he wanted.
0: Yeah, that golden crown. That is very haunting, and probably one the most like ironic, but poetic. Like. Endings that anyone's met in Game of Thrones to this day, I think.
1: It kind of like I'm trying to imagine if that is legitimately what would happen if you had molten metal poured over your head.
0: Yeah. What's oh, that yeah.
1: show where they test out
0: things? Uh, Mythbusters? Oh, Mythbusters!
1: Yeah, man. and there needs to be a Mythbusters.
0: I know that it would be. I was reading on Reddit, and some people were like, "Well, it would be glowing. It would be molten, glowing gold." And it's like, okay, yeah, we got it. Like, but even, on a campfire. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was the other thing. Was, like, you can't melt gold on, a like, a literally soup pot. But, like, you could melt lead, and, like, that hot of lead would even kill you. So, like, your, your brain boils, like, and you're you're dead. Probably the shock of it, too, your heart probably would explode.
1: <laughs> Disgusting.
0: I mean, just to say. But, yeah, I mean, very fitting end for kind of a creepo. Hide
1: your kids. Hide, hide your, your wives.
0: Because <laughs> Danny's getting everybody up in here. <laughs> um, so... We have Tyrion. He convinces, um, you know, everybody to let him be heard. He talks about jerking off into the turtle stew, which is so gross, but so funny at the same time.
1: You know, I don't remember that from first watch. So, yeah, it was, I was like, (laughs) how did I miss this? Yes. Did I get desensitized in seven seasons? Probably. Yeah.
0: I mean, whatever. Cersei's been drinking enough of that from her other brother. So what can you do? Um. But yeah, so we have this very kind of awkward back and forth between him and Liza and Robin, who's like,
1: "I want to see him fly, make the bad man fly." Yeah, and
0: you're just like, "Oh God!" How yeah. annoying is he? So, who's so, more
1: annoying, Sansa or her cousin oh, Sansa. Robin?
0: <laughs> Sansa, hundred um, percent. But yeah, I think that the the main thing is just how he is able to, con- you know, connive and maneuver his way around this, like. Did they not even think is trial by combat something no one does even though it's their right and they wouldn't ever think he was going to do it or what? Because it definitely seems like Liza was like, uh-oh, oh Oh, shit. And Catelyn's just like, well, fuck.
1: Well, it seems almost like Liza, just based on her disposition and personality, doesn't have many visitors
0: (laughs) to the Um, Eerie. No, So maybe it's been
1: a long time since she's considered that as even an option.
0: Well, I think the other thing too is like, Literally, I think everybody in the Eerie, it might be just too high up because their brain is lacking oxygen and they all are crazy. Because uh, that might You might
1: be onto something there.
0: <laughs> they're like, yeah. And then why does she choose that one guy? She's like, uh, sir, blah, blah, blah. Don't you want to champion me? Like, what was oh. so special about that guy? Like, there's like 40 other people that are like, yeah, I'll kill this guy. And she's like, he wasn't even into it. Yeah, he's guy. like, eh. I guess, whatever.
1: And he gets thrown out the moon door.
0: Um, but the way Bron kills him is just brutal. Throwing. I loved it though. Totes. Just. Gives right you a little taste
1: of what Bron's capable of, and it'd be interesting to see what he's capable of uh, if he stays.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so we see that King Robert's out hunting with a boar. He has the scene with his brother. It's like, sell me, Renley um, Renly, and Lancel, and then the king. And. Renly gets like real into it with his brother and that's basically the impetus for him to go out and get shit-faced and run off. I also don't know why they're out like four of them by themselves if this was like a budget issue or they're just supposed to be like, oh do 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 traps and through the forest away from the the rest of the gang like I'm pretty sure there's not a boar hunt that just is for people like that and like they're not on horses like what well, is I, going well
1: I consider myself an expert on boar hunting so I no, just kidding. I well, no you are idea. from
0: Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: um, I did watch Lion King, so I am now an expert.
0: Kumite, Kumite. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just thought that was very weird, but I think it is kind of crazy. Like, you know, Renly's getting some balls. He's basically telling Robert, like, I don't want to hear about this anymore. You're annoying and you're gross. <laughs> like, no one liked it back then, Grandpa.
1: Yeah, you get the uh, impression that these brothers aren't very close from what uh, Robert said earlier in the episode, too. Definitely.
0: Definitely. And you're getting to see that Renly, while he, you know, and all rights might be a better king if he got was given the chance than um, King Robert. He's also a child. Mm-hmm. And even though he's on the king's council, like, he... He might have made some decisions, but when it comes to real life and politics, he's kind of a little bit of a brat as well. He's like the uh, Baratheon version of Joffrey.
1: Hmm. Mm. Maybe.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, not exactly, but you, that's what I mean by Baratheon version. Like, the Baratheon house is pretty noble and honorable, and they're not incestuous lying buttholes that try to get everybody screwed. But he's They're just very screwing privileged. everybody. <laughs> Literally. But they are very privileged. And so I think that's kind of where it comes into is like, he, all he's ever known probably for the last 20 years. And he's, how old would you say he is? I didn't look it up before the episode. But I, I would say he's like maybe 30.
1: Yeah, I would say that. thirty. So
0: at that point, he was 10 basically when they came into power. So he's known a pretty privileged life. So I think he's just spoiled. Mm-hmm. is what it comes down to. And, and he has... Uh, a little, a little bird in his ear saying, let me shave you and take over the
1: kingdom. Well, I think that's an interesting point that you make, too, because there is a line where um, Littlefinger um, is talking to Ned and he says, you know, gold doesn't, or uh, armies don't win wars, gold does. <coughs>
0: totally.
1: And he says, well, then how is Robert in power? And I think that's a little telling, too.
0: Mm-hmm. And it might be just because everybody wanted him right there because he's easy to control. Is what it really comes down to.
1: Message. Preach.
0: Um, so then we have this scene. Um, Ned's basically, you know, he's in charge of everything while Robert's gone. And Robert makes a comment like, you're going to freaking hate it. Like, good luck. And Ned's on there. And I get the feeling he's been doing this all day because he looks just like over it. And I'd have to assume that there's this like stuff going on like nonstop. But the final straw is basically... These people come in, they're like, there's this army that came and they attacked everybody and they murdered everyone and raped everybody. And um, they're like, oh, well, who was part of it? And they're like, I don't know, but he was cutting off horse heads left and right. And it's like, weird. hmm, I wonder who that could be. Basically it's the mountain. And we find out that the mountain is really like kind of the, the assassin that Tywin Lannister sends out in front of him. And they're leaving these fish everywhere, which is the symbol of the Tully. So it's basically like, hey, Tywin Lannister is saying he's pissed off at your wife because he's she has taken um, Tyrion Lannister and that's not okay and we're going to rape and pillage everybody until we get what we want. And Ned's like, you know what, I'm going to take care of this. And he's like, the Mountain is going to be executed. I renounce all of his stuff and Tywin's going to be here in a fortnight. If he isn't, he's going to be a traitor. Like, Ned is doing the most.
1: Yeah. Um, the Mountain's kind of like a rabid dog. You know, you just see like the trail of destruction and you almost can envision like the foam coming from his mouth. Yeah. He's just chopping off horse heads. And if Taiwan is truly behind it, then, you know, Tywin's just like, hey Ned, you just got served.
0: Yeah, well, and I think too, like this goes directly against what Robert was talking about earlier, you know. He basically said to Ned when Ned's in bed, like, no, we're not gonna do anything against Jamie. His fucking father, I owe him half of the country. So we're not gonna do anything. So Ned's like, oh, okay, so we're not gonna do anything. Well, I'm gonna call him a traitor. <laughs> like, it's like, whoa, that's like a next level thing, dude. So I think he should have just stuck with uh, getting the mountain under control. Maybe leave Tywin out of it. Maybe write a letter and say, hey, Tywin, girl, what's up?
1: It's weird to me though that, like, even though the Lannisters are um, every the the kingdom owes the debt to the Lannisters for. Um, half of what is it what's the
0: it's like half of the money that they owe for the is kingdom the is still but
1: yeah. everyone's ready to screw them <laughs> at any yeah. chance oh, even yeah. even uh robert was telling ned like what do you want come on like we can pin this whole thing on jamie <laughs> and it's like come on now guys like there's got to be a better
0: way yeah totally and then um something that comes into just a little bit later I guess uh, would be Lord Don Darien is the one that is commanded to take a hundred men to go down hunt down the mountain and bring them to justice and then they're on their merry way we don't really see anything else so then we have a scene with Sansa where she's basically just being a garbage person and Joffrey another garbage person comes and they have garbage person love romantic scene Barf, barf barf Yuck. Um, but this is kind of where I think we, if we didn't have this, we wouldn't have a lot of things put together, um, later on. So it it serves a purpose, but man, I just wanted, I was like Danny with that horse heart. Like, (laughs) I'm like, but I'm going to eat it up because I love this episode. Um, we find out that Ross is going down to King's Landing. We have Arya and Sansa. Um, they're basically like, we don't want to leave daddy because we have dancing lessons and I want to marry the prince. Like... Come on, Ned. You can't even tell your own girls to get the fuck out. Like, <laughs> Have a freaking spine, dude. Like, say, that get the hell out of here. You're leaving now. And I don't give a shit because he's a piece of shit. But this is where he puts everything together. He says, oh, okay. You want to, I want to have little, uh, he'll be the first golden lion, blah, 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 prince or whatever the heck. And then I was like, he's a Baratheon. Blah, blah, blah. Like, literally like, here you go, Ned. Like, if you didn't know it before. If you didn't think about that, which you should have, I just can't believe it took him this long. Like
1: Seven hells did it take him a long time. <laughs> He's already went and met every little black-haired baby Seriously. across
0: town. Catelyn, if Catelyn was in town and she stayed for more than four seconds, she would have got her little CSI Catelyn pack and been like, Oh, one of Joffrey's hairs. Mm, I know everything about his life. He's so, definitely the one that did it. He also, I, the sword was thrown in the river and he did kill the butcher boy.
1: So who's the bigger idiot investigator, Cat or Ned? And why aren't they putting their I, team of idiots together and just ne- filling in the blanks? Be, it
0: has to be Ned. I mean, I just said it. Like, at least Catelyn. <laughs> Catelyn is not an idiot investigator. Catelyn is, like, idiot, like, doing and stuff. She's, like... <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm going to go in secret. Oh, I'm going to take, i want to take Cherry D- yeah. and <laughs> Like, uh, lady, I don't think you have the right to do that at all anywhere. Your husband <laughs> needs to do that, but whatever. It, it's They're just, better as a
1: team is what you're saying.
0: Um, I don't even know. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think Ned just needs to get his shit together, but what can you do? Um. And then, you know, finally we have uh, this baby shower where Karl Drago gives uh, a crown of gold to Viserys. And I have to say, though, like, oh my God, I loved how brutal Danny was in this. The entire time she's just like staring him down like you're dead to me. He crossed the final straw. He was like, I'm going to kill your baby. I'm going to, you are a piece of property. And he treated her like that this entire time. And then he's like, basically says, I'm going to cut out the baby and you can keep the baby. I'm going to take my sister. Like, God, what a disgusting piece of garbage.
1: Disgusting. And Danny warned him. She said, the next time you lay a hand on me, it'll be the last time you have hands.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Or a face. (laughs) Or a brain. Or (laughs) Or a life. Yeah, pretty much. Um. So yeah, that was like a a lot a jam-packed episode. I know we went through a quick description. Those are just some major points I think we needed to touch on. But did you have any lingering questions cuz I know I have a lot for spoilers, but for this one, I I just want to hear what you have to say.
1: Um no, I think all everything I have to say is saved for the spoilers.
0: Mm, perfect. Okay. Well, that's it for this week's episode. As always, you can always chat with us on our Gmail. The link is below in the description, or go to our website at tobeperfectlyhonestpodcast.com. We love to hear your feedback, and we would love for you guys to rate and review us on iTunes. Um, as always, we will have the spoiler section after the outro music, so if you want to hear some spoilers, wait until then, but make sure, and you've been warned, make sure you are currently up to date with Everything that's Game of Thrones. Otherwise, we're going to spoil you left and right. That's that. That's we, your warning. That's your warning. Um, we will see you guys again next week. Always, always, we always post on Sundays, and we'll have the next episode out, and the next one's going to be a good one as well, um, if you haven't seen that episode yet. As always, I'm Corey. I'm Anel. And be perfectly honest. Okay, welcome back. So you guys have been invited to the spoiler section, and this one is so filled with spoilers. Um, Anel, I know I have a lot, but you know what? Why don't you go first?
1: What the hell? Seven hell? What in the seven hells? Um, Let's see. Let's just talk about the treatment of women in the realm so far. So Danny tells Catelyn, like... Or I'm sorry, Danny tells Viserys, next time you lay a hand on me, it will be the time that you never have hands again, right? Um, Do we see a little foreshadowing now in retrospect on um, Cersei's badge of honor that she gets from Robert?
0: Mm, Yeah, I do see a little bit of that. I like it.
1: Looks like that boar is going to take him out for, the boar, air quotes, (laughs) (laughs) going to take him out for Cersei.
0: (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Thank God. I forgot we were in this voice section. I was like, oh, you can't say that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just like nuts seeing all these little pieces fall together. And, you know, it really, there's a lot of this that is just like, kind of like, wow. If you don't know what's going on, you're like, yeah, I'm along for the ride. But knowing what you know, you're like, oh, God, like all this stuff with Littlefinger just makes me sick. Like. Just, oh, it, it's so much. Do you think
1: um, that this episode is when um, Jora starts really reconsidering his um, loyalty as a spy and starts um, being loyal to Danny?
0: You know, I think it actually started a little earlier than this, but I think this is definitely when it's solidified. Um, I do think that he's been kind of spying, quote unquote, on Danny, but really, like, what was he gaining? Were, were they always kind of dangling a little, oh, we're, we're going to pardon you, but you just have to be with her forever. Um,
1: Does he have any other things? I can't, I'm trying to recall if he has other things that he reports or if just the, her being he, pregnant was the last thing.
0: He, Yeah, he's probably just like giving little bits of information in hopes that it's going to pardon him, but he's not like getting money for it, I don't think. He's not a rich man. He has no possessions. He doesn't live anywhere. So um, I think, you know, There's not a whole lot of reward for what he's doing. And initially, a man without hope or anything to do, and all he really wants to do is get back to the Seven Kingdoms, then, yeah, that would be really enticing. But the more and more that he sees it, I think he's like, you know what, I do believe in this. Yeah, And we see later, he's, like, astounded. Like, oh, my God, you both dragons.
1: Well, I think, you know, Danny's a hot little number, for one. Uh, But at the heart of Jorah, he is kind of a loyal... Character He's kind of a Ned Stark type of person that's just based on situational issues. He's had to make decisions that he normally wouldn't do. Like, I'm sure he wouldn't have sold slaves if his wife wasn't such a money-hungry whore. And uh, also, he wouldn't have been a spy if he didn't need to get pardoned. So he's kind of in between a rock and a hard place. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, so I have one for you that I just, on rewatch, was like, oh, this is a little thing that I totally glanced over, but now, oh my. So Arya is training with Syria Pharrell, and, um, you know, she's basically mourning for Jory, because he got killed when, um, Ned was, you know, surrounded by Jamie. And he says, there's only one God, and his name is Death. And only one thing that we say to death, not today. And I really like that quote to begin with, but I never associate with anything. And now... I'm totally thinking, man with no face. Do you think it's possible that Syria Pharrell could be the man with no face? Man with Jack
1: no face. Jack and Hagar? Um, I've heard that, but I don't, I mean, I think that, and I have not read the books, admittedly, but I think that might be more of an option in the book. But I think we're so far in the show that it would be really hard to tie up all the loose ends in just six episodes. But in the same realm of that hypothesis, um, I was kind of thinking, you know, what if death is represented by the White Walkers? And what do we say to the god of death? Not today. What if Arya is going to come back and somehow she's going to be the one that actually stops um, all the White Walkers?
0: I'd be all for it. I just think that it's so crazy that this is just like chilling out right here. I love it. I think my basis for this though is that Sierra Farrell is from Bravos. you know that is where um, the man without no name is from. So I, I think it's possible now. Do I think it's likely they're gonna talk about it? No, but I, it's just a fun theory that I'd like to think about. Um, here is another one for you. So when Theon first betrayed Rob, everyone felt so angry. but when you saw this again, can't you, like, I... The writing's on the wall. It's, like, so apparent. Like, every chance they get, they're like, you're a piece of shit. You're a piece of shit. You're not part of this family. Uh, you saved my life. How could you do that? That's not your job. Like, and ridiculous. And I think it
1: ties in really well, too, to what happens in season seven, that conversation between Theon and Rob. Um, it seems like Theon, in retrospect, has just been wanting to belong. Like, he's been part of the Stark family. They've treated him... Pretty well. I mean, I feel like he's gotten treated better than Rob did, and in the end, you know, when he was buddy buddy with um, uh, Rob, that um, he ends up getting John's approval, and that's what matters most. He's Mm -hmm. like, "You're, I think you totally,
0: you nailed the like the nail on the head. You (laughs) hammer the nail on the head. I think it's the first. Hit the nail. Yeah, (laughs) you nailed the nail on the head." He's looking for approval, and that's why he's willing to portray the Starks is because he's looking for approval. So he goes to approval for the Greyjoys, and he doesn't get that. And then he's looking for approval for um, all throughout the rest of these episodes. So I think that's his character flaw. And when he starts to actually have something to believe in and something that he feels like he's a part of, that is when he will be good.
1: Well, he's searching for who he is. Is he a Greyjoy? Is he a Stark? Is he Reek? And you see that throughout the episodes. Like, who is Theon? And I think um, part of the end of his arc is getting the approval from Jon. And I think he'll have to um, end it with getting his approval from his sister. If he he can. Who Mm -hmm. knows if she's going to make it or if she doesn't.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: But I know for one, like, he better not jump off the ship again. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. Reek!
0: Okay, so here's another one. So... I talked about it a little bit uh, in the, the first part of this episode that was spoiler free, but um, Barak Dondarian. So he, first of all, he gets changed uh, to a different character. So that doesn't help us out. But I have to say, my first watch through on this, I was like, oh yeah, okay, and that guy goes on. Didn't think anything of it. When we see him later, I'm like, Okay, wait. Who the fuck is this guy? Like,
1: <laughs> that's who. That's how I am. The entire show is <laughs> that pretty much captures
0: your exact opinion on everything. Yeah. Um, I just think that is such an aha moment for me on the rewatch. Like, and, and they definitely didn't do any favors by recasting him for sure. Um, but also, like, I guess he has an eye patch and he looks pretty grisly after. But yeah, so he basically goes and his hundred men disappear and there's only a couple band of them left and that's what's left of them. And then they are now the warriors of light, like crazy.
1: The last thing that I think is notable in this episode is this is really the beginning of the Tyrion Bron relationship. And, um, in retrospect, I really do think that Tyrion noticed at that, uh, cafe or that place where he very first ran into Braun that he'd be valuable. And I think it just shows something about that. Tyrion, you know, he doesn't have strength, he doesn't have size, he only has his wits. And he's always kind of evaluating the situations, because that's how he survives. And I think that it is very notable how it started before they actually interacted. And I wonder if that's going to be something that continues to the end of their friendship arc.
0: Mm -hmm, Definitely. Um, Yeah, I mean, how far can, uh, you know, money... Take them because he already promised him a castle. So can you uh, double a castle? What's next after a castle? And is Jamie, or sorry, is Jamie, is um, Tyrion really in a position to do that?
1: Or also, are they actual friends now, or are they just in it based on like a contract relationship? Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, yeah, you know, it's like, do you, is there thie- is there honor among thieves? I don't know. He's basically a sword, Like he'll do whatever. So if the price is right. Maybe he will, who knows? Um, I only have one thing as well, and this is kind of a theory that has been going around there. But so we have this, um, you know, the the chant that the Dothraki are saying during this like um, baby shower, and they're basically saying, "A prince is riding. I've heard the thunder of his hooves. Swift as the wind, he rides. His enemies will cower before him, and their wives will weep tears of blood." So they're they're talking about this The prophecy. Um, the the prophecy of um, the stallion that mounts the world of Khal Drogo and um, Daenerys's child, but. Could this also apply to John and Danny's job? Because if you look at that, so a prince is riding, I've heard the thunder of his hooves, swift as the wind he rides, so a dragon rider perhaps, and his enemies will cower before him and their wives will weep tears of blood. Like that could all apply to him.
1: Could also apply, apply to a raven. You know, we've had the three eyed raven weird stuff that we never have gotten pay off to, and we still don't even know if oh, John God. knocks
0: up please tell me we no, don't like have Dan. the three we'll just have uh brand sitting there for the last four episodes <laughs> doing nothing.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, they, they promised you'll never walk again but you will fly.
0: You look beautiful.
1: Little lord, <laughs> you will fly little lord. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. But uh,
1: I mean, to be clear, Danny is as of this moment not pregnant.
0: I mean, it's And she made happening.
1: the point in like season 7 to be like Oh, yeah. I'm, you know, barren or whatever she said. Yeah,
0: okay, I have one inside of me right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what all trick say. Eh? Yeah, I just think it's interesting that, you know, this is the thing, you know, George R.R. R. Martin has so many things that are so ambiguous, but they all kind of fall through. And, you know, this episode especially that has a lot of little threads that are perfectly woven together. And then there's a couple more that are fraying from it, like... This is where everything starts and we still have a couple that haven't finished and I cannot wait for this new season. Um, Officially the countdown has begun you guys. I hope you guys are as excited as we are. Of course as soon as the new episodes come out we are going to be trying to do a podcast the night they are generated and putting it out to you guys. But until then all we can do is do a recap and make sure that we are all ready and we have all of our names in place. (laughs) Know <laughs> who is dead, who is alive, and make sure that we are up to date. That way we can enjoy every little bit, put all the threads together for the new season. Okay. So that's all for this week. As always, we'll be back on next Sunday for a new episode. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast that we you're notified as soon as we have another episode that launches. Um, and also, if any of you are Stitcher um, members, we are now on Stitcher. So if you guys are listening to everything else on Stitcher, feel free to uh, subscribe to us over there as well. Well, that's all for this podcast. As always, I'm Corey. I'm an L. And stay perfectly honest.